This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 17th of August in your Squiz Today. More ministries for Morrison... Ukraine's military strikes, a third La Nina event is looking likely, and what no one needed, walking snakes. This is your Squiz Today. The news that former Prime Minister Scott Morrison appointed himself to multiple ministries while he was Prime Minister continues to dominate the headlines. It was revealed yesterday that he also appointed himself to the Treasury as well as Home Affairs, with neither of the ministers responsible for those portfolios knowing of the arrangements. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is calling Morrison's move an extraordinary and unprecedented trashing of our democracy. We've heard more from Morrison now, Claire. He posted a bit of an explainer slash defence to his Facebook. Yeah, it was a lengthy statement, so get yourself a cup of tea if you're (laughs) going to settle into that. But what he said was with the five portfolios that he was signed into, uh, four of those were because of COVID. He said that there were some risks of ministers becoming incapacitated, sick, hospitalised and incapable of doing their work, uh, even worse one of them could have died. And that meant, he said, that the arrangements were justified. He also said that in hindsight, the arrangements were unnecessary because he never used his powers over those departments. But all in all, he said he acted in good faith in a crisis. Uh, The one that is the outlier is the resources portfolio. Uh, He said he did that specifically to make a decision in the case of shutting down a licence for oil and gas exploration off the New South Wales coast. Uh, He did that over the top of the Minister of the Day, who was the Nationals, Keith Pitt. There's a fair bit of anger from some of his colleagues over the manoeuvres. Karen Andrews, who held the Home Affairs portfolio, says that Morrison should resign from Parliament. That's not something the Leader of the Opposition, Peter Dutton, has backed, though. As for what's next, Claire, the legal eagles are looking into it. Yeah, they are. And what Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said yesterday uh, is that while he can't answer those questions quite yet about whether what Morrison did was against the law, he's going to receive some advice from the Solicitor General. That's likely to happen early next week and probably on Monday. Uh, Also, lots of questions about the role of the Governor General in all of this and whether David Hurley uh, should or could have questions Morrison's moves. There's plenty of experts who say that that's not the role of the Governor-General, but plenty who have a different view to that as well. Uh, And finally, this seems to be growing towards some sort of Royal Commission, not on this specific issue, but about the handling of the pandemic by governments and bureaucracies across the country. Yeah, yesterday, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said it was inconceivable that a big inquiry into COVID wouldn't be held. With that advice from the Solicitor General happening likely next Monday, it's not the last we'll be talking of this one. To international news, and there are reports of explosions at a Russian arms store in the Crimea. While Russia says sabotage, Ukraine says it's demilitarisation in action. 
And what that points to is a fight back uh, on the Ukrainians' part in areas that have been held by Russia, not just since the start of this war, since the start of this year, but for quite some time. What we know is that Ukraine forces have been given all sorts of weaponry, including really big rocket systems uh, that are mobile and very targeted. And the experts say that we're seeing evidence of those sorts of weapons being put to use. Uh, On this case, there's not a lot of detail known, but it's certainly the second series of explosions on military bases in Crimea that have been under Russia's control. If you hear of a weapon called a HIMARS, a high mobility artillery rocket system, that's one of the long range weapons that's come from the US that is giving Ukraine an edge over Russia in this fight back. A senior UN official will make a rare visit to Myanmar this week. While the country has been in chaos since the military overthrew the democratically elected government of Aung San Suu Kyi last year, the UN sees the current situation as deteriorating further. Yes, they do. And Nolene Heiser, who is the United Nations Special Envoy to Myanmar, will go to talk to the military reader, that's General Minang Halang, uh, also talking to senior ministers. And what she wants to do is to really talk about about where things are at at the moment, despite all sorts of promises being made uh, in international forums like ASEAN. Myanmar's authorities have been doing some pretty alarming things of late. Uh, That includes the recent execution of pro-democracy campaigners. uh, And there's also concerns, of course, for the ongoing poor treatment of those civilian leaders who were turfed out uh, in that coup at the start of last year. As for Aung San Suu Kyi, another six years was added to her 11-year jail sentence yesterday after she was found guilty of further corruption charges. That happened in a closed trial. She denies all those charges. Analysts say that the military is going hard on her because they want to legitimise their power ahead of a promised election next year. To an update on the weather now, the BOM, Bureau of Meteorology, has issued a La Nina alert. It's the last step before officially declaring one. It puts the chances of a third La Nina at 70%. What I'm hearing, Claire, is more rain on the way. (laughs) What I'm hearing is you don't really need to get ready for swimsuit season because (laughs) there's not going to be a lot of that. So don't need to cut the carbs entirely, I guess, at the moment. Uh, I'm looking at it glass half full. So, (laughs) But yeah, to have a third La Nina system uh, coming around when we head into spring and summer will be very disappointing for many people in eastern and southern Australia who are looking for a warm summer. Uh, But what that system, of course, brings is a lot of rain, uh, a lot of moisture, We've seen that over the last couple of years. The issue this time around, of course, is that a lot of the catchments are full and a lot of the ground is really sodden. So if we're going to get more flooding rain, which is what's expected now, uh, that is going to cause a lot of problems with more floods in areas that just don't have the capacity to handle it. Yeah, for some of those catchments, the Murray-Darling Basin is sitting at 92.2% capacity and the Menindee Lakes are at 114.9% capacity. Not the type of summer you want to hear about, especially after all the recent flooding we've had. 
This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. This is one for the parents out there with kiddos in daycare. If you thought all the lurgies, coughs, colds and conjunctivitis they bring home was bad, in Japan there are a certain amount of daycares that actually send the kids home with all their dirty nappies from the day. <laughs> Larissa, I don't want to talk to you about what it's like to manage childcare. <laughs> You're doing the hard yards when it comes to that. Um, but, yeah, a really interesting insight into not just a childcare operation but a culture mm. as well. Uh, what reports say is that this is something that's been happening for years, but it's not really talked about. Uh, and a survey has come to the fore. Uh, what nurseries say is that it's not about not having facilities to dispose of nappies. What it comes down to is them saying that they want to give parents an opportunity to keep an eye on their kids' health, that you can take the nappies apart and check your kids' stools. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but very interestingly, a sociologist who was quoted in this report uh, says that it goes far, far deeper than that, um, that it's actually about Japan's uh, view of mothers' responsibilities and taking care of their excrement is deeply rooted in that tradition. One of the unfortunate learning curves of new parenthood is how much attention you pay to poop, but still dirty nappies that don't happen on my watch don't need to know about those ones. From one unpleasant topic to another, I feel a bit mean bringing this story up, Claire, knowing how much you hate snakes, <laughs> especially when it's a story about the fact that someone's figured out a contraption to give a snake legs. It's a sign of the apocalypse, I think. <laughs> it certainly shouldn't make anyone uh, comfortable, the idea that snakes might be able to go further, uh, faster with a contraption that's like a big tube on sort of wheels. And look, the snake can't control it yet. Yes. Uh, what a very <laughs> clever YouTuber has done is built this contraption. Uh, he said he feels bad for snakes because they lost their legs several, several years, years ago, ago yeah. in evolution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So, yeah, he's built one. It works. Uh, Snakes on legs. Look out for it. They actually just look like a lizard. So it's not as terrifying as you kind of imagine, but uh, what I would call entirely unnecessary. Squiz the day. Claire, what are you taking note of today? Uh, Today is Independence Day in Indonesia, a big day for them, for our neighbour in the north. I've got another significant event for a country. It's the anniversary of Korea being divided into North and South Korea along that 38th parallel that happened back in 1945. That's about all from us today. If you are enjoying the Squiz, please do let your friends know about us or take two seconds to leave us a review in your podcasting app. All of those recommendations help us to grow and we really appreciate it. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow.